Welcome to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kiran Kumar, founder and host of You're Not Invisible After 50. Despite the title, you don't have to be over 50 to listen to this podcast. No matter whether you're 25, 45 or 65, we can all learn lessons from each other to help us build a better, more fulfilled life. Come listen to the inspiring stories of all the phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. They are not invisible. I'm not invisible and neither are you. So no matter what society says, life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning. Welcome to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kieran and host of this podcast. We're all about showcasing phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. You'll get to hear all their inspiring stories while you don't have to be invisible after 50. So sit back and enjoy the wonderful life story from this week's guest. My guest today is Dee Manuel Cloud. Hi, Dee. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Kieran. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you are most welcome. And I'm so pleased that we've actually managed to get this off the ground because I was <laughs> sick last week and now we're, we're here. So welcome, welcome, welcome. <clears throat> Before we begin the podcast, let's talk about you and let's get you to describe yourself in one sentence. Something about who you are, what you're about, etc. So in one sentence, describe yourself. In one sentence, so I like to call myself the queen of reinvention because when it no longer serves me, I am not afraid to flip the script and let's see what else works for me. So to describe myself in one sentence would be I am an ambitious 53-year-old mother of two and wife who is not afraid of reinvention. And I just love that because you are absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, and, you know, you are such a powerful woman. So let's talk about your life. So we're going to move into the body of the podcast. I can't wait to get into this. Right. So we're going to talk about your past, then your present. Um, and, of course, the trigger points around 50. So let's begin at the beginning, wherever you wish to start. Um, take us into your past and tell us about your past. So... I am a two-time breast cancer survivor, right? And um, when I think about my past, I think about everything that was set up to say that I shouldn't succeed, right? I'm the last of seven children, and my mom and my stepfather weren't very well off as we were growing up or whatever. So we lived in poverty, which means that everything about that says that I should fail or I shouldn't succeed. Um, but I was fortunate enough, thank God for busting systems, because I got bused to an affluent school, um, during a time where they just started doing this busting thing. That's how, you know, dated I am. <laughs> but I was able to connect with people who didn't live the way we lived. And it opened a whole new world for me of opportunity and seeing things differently. And so, I say that to say that regardless of what your past looks like, you are the director of your life and you have the opportunity to create 
whatever you want to create. Now, the second part about that is that I didn't really figure that part out until much later in life. Like now I look back on how I grew up and I'm thinking everything about how I grew up was in my mind designed by the creator to help me um, progress, right? Because it's also interconnected. Um, growing up in poverty made me tenacious. It made me want to work. I had to work hard. I didn't really have a choice, right? Um, but I think the turning point for me was my, my first cancer diagnosis. Um, I was married at the time to an amazing man, but I wasn't happy. But everything around me said that I should be happy. So I, I felt myself questioning who I am, what I want, and all of those things, because if everybody's saying that I should be content, why aren't I, right? And so um, I didn't make any changes after my first cancer diagnosis. It was just kind of like, okay, this thing, should, the boogeyman showed up, and I relied on the doctors to just tell me what plan of treatment they had for me. And I went through the steps, I went through the chemo, I went through the radiation, I went through the surgery, I went through all of it, but I didn't make any changes to my life um, emotionally or physically. I just kept doing the same thing. Well, the definition of doing the same thing and expecting different results, they call that insanity, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, that wasn't my first cancer diagnosis was in 2005. Well, in 2008, the boogeyman came back. Right. And I felt like that was God tapping me on the shoulder saying, no, you know, I need you to shift. And I blew up my life. I finally got the courage to ask for a divorce. I finally got the courage to leave a job that was stressing me out. Um, and the biggest turning point for me was owning my sexuality. I got the courage to admit, hey, I'm a lesbian. Or at least bisexual because Usher is looking good lately. <laughs> but, but I got the courage to, you know, I, I tell people all the time, cancer for me was a blessing um, and a curse. A curse mm -hmm. because nobody wants to go through all of the things that cancer takes you through. But a blessing because it gave me the courage to blow up my life. I mean, Dee, honestly, I mean, that's such an open and honest account of your life and what you've been through from the poverty to the diet to the um medical diagnosis and also having that again twice and then deciding at that point to shift your life i mean those are major triggers in somebody's life right and also the fact yeah. that you took you decided that you were going to move on from that and and move forward and i just love the what you said earlier in terms of you being tenacious i think People who actually have all these challenges in their life become tenacious as a natural course of, of, of those events and move forward. Absolutely. 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 And I think that it's important, you know, it matters how we move through these difficult situations. We can allow it to inspire us to be a better version of ourselves or we can become a victim, 
Um, and I'm not a victim. If, if I'm nothing else, like I'm, I'm a survivor in every sense of the word. I tell people all the time, I have survived everything that probably should have taken me out. Um, so I'm a survivor, not just of breast cancer, but I'm a survivor of poverty. I'm a survivor of being judged because when I came out and acknowledged my sexuality, like I lost a lot of friends. It caused a rift between me and my mom. It was a really, really hard, dark and depressing time in my life. But I stayed true to myself um, because I believe that anytime we stay true to ourselves, greatness is destined to follow. I love that because I, I absolutely believe in being a, true to yourself. I mean, it's taken me a long time to come to that. I mean, I'm 58, right? So I just feel that this moment in my life is when I can actually be truly truthful about everything. And that is probably my happy place because now yes. I know that when I say something, it comes out. There's no kind of disguise or etc there's no facade it's just how it's supposed to come out and you actually feel quite empowered by all of that absolutely absolutely it's like I don't know that I found my voice at 50 as much as I stopped I was listening to well, what's the best way to say this I was listening to one of your podcasts with Sunshine um, Sunshine Shelley and one of the things that she said was be selfless, right? Um, but what I want to add to that is that it's also okay to be selfish, mm-hmm. right? That sometimes, especially as women and especially as women in our 50s, we give so much of ourselves that we leave nothing for us. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned is that it is sometimes okay to be selfish, that you have to take care of yourself you have to fill your cup and serve from your overflow. And so what I want to encourage anybody to do is look some sometimes being true to yourself and sometimes being selfish, necessarily selfish, is not going to always be the best outcome for other people, mm. right? But at the same time, when you know that you're not coming from a place of malice, you have to be selfish sometimes. I totally agree with that because I just recently, this is only a conversation that happened yesterday with my children, where I said that I wanted to take my business around the world. And my and their answer to me was, are you going to abandon us? And I said, <laughs> no, but I need to live my life. This is where I need to be selfish, right? So I put my hand up to that. But then I've also served, as you were saying about serving others, I have served my children, you know, to the best of my ability, um, Absolutely. To, 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 to now, right? So this is my time because I say to them that who knows what finite amount of time I have left on this planet. Absolutely. And I need to be selfish on this because I need to fill a need in my core. So you are absolutely right, Dee. You have to be selfish to a certain point. But selfless is a, probably the majority of the way we actually work absolutely and you know one of the things i tell my kids because i have a 22 year old and a 32 year old and i tell them listen i taught you to fish go fish <laughs> right like i'm living my life i've 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 poured into you i've made sure you are now what i call constructive um citizens of you know the world and you're out here and you're adding value and not subtracting. So I've done my job. 
it is time for me now to figure out how to make the rest of my life the best of my life. The only thing I can take away from take away from what you just said is that you've got children of 32 and 22 and look at how glamorous you are. I'm actually sitting here in amazement because I just think all I can see are the family off my chair then because it's like 32. <laughs> I do. Thank you. So you're so sweet. Thank you, Karen. Yes, I have a 32 year old son um, and a 22 year old daughter. And I won't sit here and act all modest like nobody ever says, oh, my gosh, you look too young. I get that a lot. And my son hates it because when I'm out with him, people think that I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> um, he does not like that. And when I'm out with my daughter, they think she's my sister. She thinks it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay when you look young for you with your with your daughter. I think for uh, you know your yeah. son. Yes, I can understand all of that. <laughs> yeah, he hates it. <laughs> oh, bless. So, where do we go from here? So, let's talk about was there a trigger at fifty for you? Um, oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's 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 a it's a pivotal time. For most women, 50. Um, for me, at 50, my mom died. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life, even harder than breast cancer. Because with breast cancer, I knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel for me, right? I could go through treatment. I could go through surgery. And eventually, this thing would be over. Um, and emotionally, I... Didn't know, like I shared before, for me, emotionally, breast cancer ended up being a blessing and a curse. So it left me a gift, right? Um, and now that I'm on this side of it, I know what those gifts are. But when my mom passed, I fell into a really, really deep depression. And I didn't see light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't see a gift in that. I didn't see anything except heartache and pain and depression and darkness. And living without my mom has been like learning to live without a limb. She was my uh, my anchor. Yeah. And so I'm having to learn how to live without that. And it's only been now two and a half years and I'm finally starting to see the gifts that, you know, have come out of that. Like I had in my, what I call a real spiritual awakening um, after that. And I remember, oh, during one of the times of going through a really dark depression and being in my bathroom, just really stretched out on the floor, on my face, crying, screaming, like, why is this happening? And I remember so vividly hearing from the creator saying, this is happening because you're going to walk other women through this, you know, and that's my blessing. And now that I'm on this side and I'm working as a coach and a speaker, I get to share with other women that even though it doesn't look like it right now, there's a gift attached to this pain. There is beauty in every single breakdown. Sometimes it just takes longer to see it. I can totally relate with you with regards to the death of your mother because my mom died when I was 54 um, or 53 actually um, and she's been gone for five years and that was the most 
difficult time in my life. And as we were talking earlier without the podcast was when I said that a voice from the past had actually come and, you know, spoke to me literally, you know, a contact from the past. And that actually triggered off emotions because that grief was still, it's still sitting in there. But you're also equally right. And actually, it's quite funny with regards to that because I actually wrote a poem with regards to how I was feeling because um, I realise now that I am a broken cup who's a, a cup that's still chipped where emotions leak out. Yes, absolutely. And I feel that. I feel, that's my mom in the picture in the background, but I feel so strongly that she is guiding me now, right? Whereas when she had originally transitioned, all I knew was she was not here anymore. And that's all I could freaking focus on. Um, and because I didn't know, I don't know my biological father. So when I say she's my anchor, that's what I mean. Like she was the only thing that connected me to this earth. And so to not have her just made me feel like something huge. And it is something huge is missing from my life. But what I learned now is that she's still guiding me. And I think that that's what healing looks like, right? When you can start to have these conversations about these huge parts of your life that are missing. And you can, for me at least, anyway, now I can do it without tears. Because there was a time in my life when I couldn't do that. And so I want to share with anybody who may be dealing with grief to know that it is a process. And even though it may not look like it right now, you will get to the other side of it. There's always going to be just a little piece of your heart that is missing, but you'll learn kind of like living with a new prosthetic. You will learn to live without them and life can still be amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for your very powerful words and wisdom. So let's move Thanks. on. You're welcome. <laughs> let's move on to what you're doing currently, of course, and Let's talk about that. So currently, oh my God, I have so much going on. So I have, um, I am a international speaker. I am a um, breast cancer recovery strategist and um, speaker author. And I, I have a book. I have a book that's coming out. It should drop hopefully by Black Friday. It is with the editor right now. And um, so, yes, that's what's going on now. Do you want to plug that book? Do you want to say what it's called? The title of the book is Beauty in the Breakdown. Is um, wow. I seen it earlier in that there is beauty in every single breakdown in our lives. And so the title of the book is Beauty in the Breakdown, Finding Peace in the Midst of Life's Disruptions. Oh, I can't wait to read. I can't wait to read. <laughs> I'm so super excited about it. It was a labor of love. Um, I just started writing and I just said, okay, God, you lead. <laughs> um, listen, what I do know, especially for women, when we hit 50, we have stories to tell, right? And I think that the, the biggest, um, breakdown for a lot of us is thinking that our stories don't matter. And that's where I was. I'm like, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody cares, right? But you never know who you're going to impact with your story. You never know who's going to find hope in your story. You never know who's going to find their survival in your story. And so I feel like this podcast is absolutely amazing because 
when women listen to it, regardless of their age, regardless of whether they're under 50, at 50, or over 50, there's going to be healing in these stories that other women will resonate with. Well, thank you for plugging my podcast, first of all. <laughs> and in fact, I was actually going to say that. That's the reason. I mean, I think the beauty of this podcast is that women over 50 can actually express themselves, can express their stories, share their stories. As you said, we get to this stage in our lives and we have so much to talk about, right? There's so much that has happened to us. And I think that is right for sharing. And I think it's it's a gift to the world because it helps people, as you said, Dee, to heal, to learn, to educate, to be informed, to be inspired. And yes. this is the whole reason of, this is probably just some of the reasons to why this podcast is, hopefully will change the world and hopefully change women's perception of who they are at 50 and change as I said on the radio change the narrative in society of what women are all about in their 50s and that was a major major plug right (laughs) so what we go move on to now is what would be the five tips that you would give to anyone regardless of age so anybody who's under 50 Regardless of age, one of the things that I teach, so this is easy, right? Because I have these kids and it's like, what do I tell my children? <laughs> right? If only, if only they, they would listen, right? If only, if they, only would they would listen. Yeah. Oh, but let me tell you something. What's great about kids, right? Is that we feel like we're preaching. They're, they feel like we're preaching, but they're listening, mm-hmm. right? And I always get so... I feel so proud when something I've been preaching for years, I hear my children say to someone else or they repeat back to me, right? So one of the things that I would, um, my daughter just repeated back to me recently that I'm always telling everybody is don't use the word can't. Don't tell me what you can't do. You absolutely can. You just have to figure out how. So we can do anything we set our minds to. So don't use the word can't. I can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> so that's one. Um, two, I'm always telling my children, if you don't want anyone saying anything to you, don't give them anything to say. So that means handle your business. Don't drop the ball on things that you're supposed to be handling and then people won't have anything to say. <laughs> um, some, be it to receive it. I hear, um, recently there have been so many young women saying that they can't find women to be a part of groups or have support or have friendships that are meaningful. And so my question is always, are you being that kind of friend? Um, So anything that we want to receive, we have to be it first. We have to be the demonstration on what that looks like. If you want more love, be loving. If you want more grace, give people grace. If you want... um, be it, be it to receive it. Um, what tip are we on? Was that number three? Three. Yep. Okay. Number four, run towards the fire. Confidence builds when we do hard things, right? And I think it's um, human nature for a lot of us to shrink when things get tough. But I want to encourage you to run towards the fire. That's where your confidence builds. Um, and then last, because I am the queen of reinvention, Take risks. 
The scarier it is, do it. Well, it's, it's, um, if you feel the fear, do it anyway. I mean, that's the important yeah. thing, isn't it? Because if you sit there and just procrastinate or do, don't decide to do anything, nothing, as you said, much earlier on in this podcast, that if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change anyway. So, you know, just take the risk, take the plunge. I mean, make sure it's calculated risk. You know, we're not going to actually tell people to jump into a fire, but you know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's a calculated risk on how to move forward and just go for it. And even when you sometimes aren't sure, still kind of trust your instinct because I certainly do. I certainly trust my instinct. Oh, listen, one of the things that um, one of your podcast, podcast guests said that I found so inspiring, which goes in line with just what we shared about taking risks, and she said, be safe, but be dangerous. I love uh, it. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was Michelle as well. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Michelle Latimer. <laughs> Another plug for her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the three tips to women who are over 50. Three tips for women who are over 50. Oh, I think I shared one earlier. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. Um, that sometimes you have to be selfish. Um, don't let age stop you from pursuing your goals. Um, I remember being turning right before I turned 50, I was about 49, 48, 49, and I switched industries. I worked in the legal industry for over 26 years and I had an opportunity to go work for a medical device company. It was a a complete career change. And I remember at the time that I worked with a lot of ladies that were about the same age as me. And what all of them collectively said to me was, I would never change careers at this age. And I thought, why would you limit yourself? Like, to your point, one of the things that you said earlier is we don't know how much more time we have. And so what if I have another 50 years? Why would I limit myself? Right. Um, the next tip would be health is wealth. At this age, it is so important that we take care of ourselves. Um, feed your mind, um, feed your body, feed your mind by making sure that you are programming yourself with things that are going to inspire you, empower you, like this podcast. Thank you. Um, <laughs> another plug, another plug. <laughs> another plug. Um, feed your body by making sure that you are feeding yourself foods that will nourish you. Um, and I say that with all the love in the world as somebody who loves potato chips, right? But I know that I have to do all things in moderation. So at this age, it's very important what we fuel ourselves with. And um, feed your spirit, right? Again, making sure that you're connected to your higher power, whatever you call it, God, the spirit, the source, the creator, whatever you call it, feed your spirit. Um, and then my last tip is move your body. Okay. A body in motion stays in motion. And I have the privilege of caring for my dad. And I was having a conversation with him recently, and he's not as mobile um, as he would like to be. And he said, I really wish that I had taken care, better care of myself in my younger days. And that it brings me, it gives me chills, right? Because he's at an age now, he just turned 85 where he was able to give me that wisdom, like, 
continue to move your body so that you don't find yourself in the position that I'm in. I mean, that's really wise. I mean, all of it's ex- exceptionally wise. I mean, the movement is really important because I, I've, um, you know, I do PT, I do Pilates. I've <laughs> just started boxing. <laughs> Red yes! Yeah. Um, because it is important because my, my parents had ailments and they died with those ailments. And you just realize that you do not want to have a very difficult ending. So be as healthy as you can be. Um, and moving your body is part of that as well as hydration, nutrition, etc. So um, well, well said. I think all of those are very valuable points, um, and tips. Just love it all. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we come to the end? Final words. I would say follow your heart, right? Um, I talked earlier about how breast cancer gave me the courage to blow up my life and following my heart has led to the best years of my life. And it was a hard decision to follow my heart and not try to continue to please everyone around me. Um, and it did not come without some challenges. It did not come without some heartache, but following your heart. I totally, again, I'm just so much kind of, comparison and and um connection there because i was 52 when i left my husband and again i have to follow my heart because you know it's about moving on and these have now been the best years of my life ever ever can you believe that? exactly because when you follow your heart you are leading your your heart is leading you to the best years of your life thank you All I can say to you is thank you, thank you, thank you for being such an awesome guest. Beautiful, brave, um, I say this a thousand times actually, beautiful, brave, knowledgeable, powerful. You're all of those, Dee. And I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. I am so grateful that you had me here, Karen. I love this podcast and so I will continue to plug it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so everybody who's listening to this podcast uh, you know let's share it <laughs> yes it, I think it's so important and I think that to your point one of the things that you said earlier is that society has this idea of what life is like for women at 50 and I thank you for changing the narrative we're changing the narrative is a process, but we will change yes. it eventually. Yes. yes. That yes. is the yes. goal. That is the goal. <laughs> so Dee, thank you. Thank you very much for being on this podcast. Thank you for listening to the You Are Not Invisible After 50 podcast. If you want to hear more from some amazing women over 50 who are kicking ass and making impact, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember to rate, comment and share with other fabulous women and together let's change the narrative that you don't have to be invisible no matter how old you are. Check out our other services on www.yourenotinvisibleafter50.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and TikTok. And always remember that life doesn't have to end at 50. In fact, it's just the beginning.